The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message.
we're in part four of our series, um, Step Up, and it's the concluding part of the series because next week, Sunday, is our God We Do It Again service. Praise the name of the Lord. And um, we are really excited about that. And, and God is going to empower us to become all He's created us to be. We explained that God wants us to step up in different areas of our lives. And we, we zoomed in on, on two major areas, on stepping up um, spiritually. We looked at stepping up financially. And, and today we are going to look at a component of stepping up that is indispensable. And that is faith. Because it is impossible to step up without faith. It is impossible to step up without faith. Some, someone said um, that faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. That is faith. You know, you take the first step. You can't see the whole staircase. You don't know where it's going to lead. But God has prompted you to take the first step. You take the step. You don't know what's going to happen next. That is, is faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, without it, it is impossible to please God. It's so crucial that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. The NLT says that God rewards those who sincerely seek him. So today we're going to be um, spending some time in this wonderful book of Hebrews and chapter 11 particularly. And examining faith and learning about faith from Great examples that the scriptures put before us. In the first verse of Hebrews 11, God says in his word, Hebrews 11 from verse 1, he says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith shows. Faith always shows. Faith always shows. If you have faith, it shows. It shows. If you don't have faith, it also shows. Fear, like faith, also shows. Fear shows. If somebody is fearful, you can tell, you know. Um, how can you tell? Because the corresponding actions will show you clearly that the person is fearful. Same thing with faith. The corresponding action will show you that this person has faith. When someone is afraid... They take a lot of actions based on fear. Let's say the husband is out of the house and the wife is home alone and she hears footsteps downstairs at the kitchen and she thinks there's a burglar and she's afraid. What will she do first? She will make sure the, everything upstairs is a fortress. She will bolt everything boltable. She will call her husband. She will call security. She will call heaven. So she's actually praying out of fear, not faith. So our actions shows our fear. Same thing with faith. Our actions shows our faith. What you do shows us if you have faith. The reason people can't pray is simple. That action requires faith. It requires faith. To put your trust in a God you cannot see and to call upon him. The 
know why people are in fasting? A lot of us are fasting, hopefully. If you are fasting, shout hallelujah. If you are not fasting yet, say amen. The reason some people aren't fasting, they don't have faith. I'm not talking about those that have medical reasons or maybe they are pregnant or something. No, that's not what that. They don't have faith. They don't believe. They don't. They believe, but, you know, uh, whoa, the rice is more important. The chicken is more important. And works is proof, is evidence of faith. You cannot divulge works from faith. Some people say, oh, some people have faith. I have works. James is saying, how, how, how can you have faith without works? How can you have works without faith? In verse 18 of James 2, he says, I know what you're thinking, James 2, 18. Okay, you have faith and I have actions. He says, now let's see your faith without works. And I will show you my faith that works by my works. Because faith without works is, is dead. It's dead. Verse 3 of Hebrews 11 says to us that by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed out at God's command. That what we see now, now see, did not come from anything that can be seen. In other words, the future you desire, you have to create it from what is not seen by faith. Everything you see today did not exist. The, 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 the shirt or the dress you are wearing. Somebody saw it and created it. The chair you are sitting on. Somebody saw it and created it. The future you will have, you will have to see it and create it. I've told you stories of, I mean, us as a church, the miracle, every step of the way, things were created from the spirit realm. Things where demands were placed from the spirit realm. And we see them in the physical. So you create from the spiritual what you want to see in the physical. What do you want to see in the physical? You create it first in the spirit realm. What is it that you want to see in the, in the physical? Create it first in the spirit realm. How? By praying. By fasting, by calling the things that be not as though they were, because they will be. Praise the name of the Lord. This week, we are starting our mini vigils, as you are aware. We are going to be engaging heaven. We are going to be calling the things that we desire. The mini vigil, by the way, for those that don't know, it's a daily vigil. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's a mini vigil because it's just from 11 to to three, and we are done so that we can go and get ready for work the following day's work. <laughs> and we are building, and we are raising our standards in heaven. We are demolishing structures that are hindering our work with God and all that we want of God. It is so key that you realize that nothing happens until it is created in the spirit realm. Nothing. So we're going to see examples of faith in scriptures. How did these people, what can we learn from them? How did they galvanize so much 
wait? And what can we learn from them? So we're going to see examples of stepping up by faith. There are seven of them in the first worship experience yesterday. We could do only four. In the eight o'clock service this morning, we could do five out of seven. So hopefully this service, let's see if we can get to six or maybe seven. You never know. The first example is Abel. Abel, verse 4 of Hebrews 11. It was by faith, the scripture says, that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, He's still speaking to us today by what? By his example of faith. You know, the mistake a lot of people make is, is they say one part of the Bible is Old Testament, one part is New Testament. So the Old Testament is not relevant to us in the New Testament. That's a big fat lie. You, you know, what they actually mean is the law. The law came by Moses. Faith, I mean, grace and truth came by Jesus. But there are people that existed before the law. We can learn from in fact, there's so, even people in the law, we can learn from them. There is a shadow of the things of for. There are people in the law that lived above the law. David, Daniel, Isaiah. They lived above the law. So, Cain's example. God says we can learn from it. What's the example of Cain? Cain, um, Abel, sorry. What's the example of Abel? Abel, of course, Cain too, by inference. Abel brought an offering. Cain also bought an offering. They both brought an offering to God. God accepted one offering. God rejected the other offering. May God not reject your offerings. May God accept your offerings. And it's so important. You see, when church starts talking about money, because of how it has been abused, people kind of feel uncomfortable. We say, oh, offering, you know. But the point is this. The fact that something has been abused doesn't mean that it is totally useless. And that is where God is. Particularly in God's favorite house, for instance. When it's time for offering, we say, let's prepare an offering. And we receive the offerings. And a lady says, more than one people have said, actually, that when a lady came up and said, oh, I noticed that here, you don't squeeze us, you don't cajole us. You don't try and squeeze us to give, you know. I mean, that's where she's coming from. That is a lot of, you know, manipulation and squeezing for people to give money. Why don't you do it? And I said to her, did you like it when they were doing it to you? She said, no. So why are you asking? <laughs> we don't do it because if you teach people and you help people find God, people will respond to God. Giving is just an act of worship. So we don't struggle with people giving. Things just get done. This how did it get done? Somebody gave. Well, you didn't raise an offering. People are working with God. They can hear God. Praise the name of God. I remembered when we paid, by the grace of God, the first installment for this land. It was equivalent. It was a million dollars back then. A lady has been coming to church for six months. And after I said we have paid the first million, 
And she, she said to me, I've been coming to church for six months. I've never heard you raise an offering for this land. How did you raise this money? I'm like, people gave. Say, so you are trying to deprive us of our blessings. That's why you didn't tell us. I said, no, now you know. Oh, yeah. Where's the check? <laughs> The fact that you are giving God an offering, you should not forget that God is God. And God can accept it and can reject it. It should make us humble. It should make us approach giving in a very um, um, respectful way. You are not giving a tip. You are giving to your maker. Huge difference. If you are giving to your maker what you are giving as a tip, there's a problem with that immediately. Immediately there's a problem with that. So, Abel is telling us that when you come to God, treat him as God. Cain felt, oh, well, God doesn't really need this thing. You know, he has a, a castle of a thousand hills disease. Let me just give him a shabby stuff and and move on. And he did that, and God had no respect for it. May God have respect for you and your offerings in Jesus' name. And with each of these examples, we're going to look at the step-up lessons from each of these lives. And in the case of Abel, the step-up lesson for us is that Abel taught us that it is not enough to bring an offering to God. We must seek to give him what is acceptable to him. It's just like you're in a relationship with, maybe you're married and your wife says, I like um, purple dresses. And you insist that it's blue you must buy or red. And you spend a lot of money buying Blue dresses. I said to her, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I'm trying. Huh? Who sent you to buy blue dresses? That's the question. President of the Lord. Second example is Enoch. Verse 5 of Hebrews 11 says to us, that it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Enoch showed us the, that it is possible to please God. It is possible to walk with God. It's possible to have a relationship with God and God is happy with you. It's possible to think of when you are going to meet with God and you are excited. Some people, when they think of rapture or when they think of when they are going to die, or when they, are to, they, are, they are scared. Why should you be scared? You should be excited. You should be happy. You should be filled with joy. Enoch is showing us that by faith, it's possible for a man to walk with God. It is possible for a man to walk with with God. God wants you to please him. And he's saying, it is, it, it is possible, you are capable of pleasing God. Everyone say, I am capable of pleasing God. I have what it takes to please God. 
beautiful. God wants us to please him. I've said with you guys before separately that, you know, every time I'm, I'm like, mentoring the disciple people, I, one of the first things I say to them is to go and write their epitaph. Go and write your epitaph. Your epitaph is that sentence they put on your grave, grave tombstone. What they put on your tombstone, that's your epitaph. So I said they should go and write their epitaph, you know. And many of them chuckle and they struggle and say, ah, you know, what kind of, uh, what have you is it? In fact, some people that I, sometimes I really want people, I say to them, go and write your will, you know. I want to see your will. And some of them are struggling with it. Ah, will. I shall not die but live. Christ the Master. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so, go and write your epitaph. What is that one sentence? When the light is out. When all these people that you think they are, they are about playing with you, laughing with you, when they've all turned their back. Because at your gravesite, you only be people that love you. You know that. It will be only your family. And maybe your church family. Everybody else is gone. What will they put on that tombstone? What do you want them to? What, what is it? You know, I've, showed, I've told you mine. Mine, three words. He pleased God. End of story. I want the people around my tombstone to write without any fear of contradiction or any doubt that this guy pleased God. What's yours? He stole money. An adulterer, adulteress. What's yours? What's yours? A perpetual liar? What, what is yours? A friend of God? A woman of integrity? What is yours? What do you want your children to say? And they will know they are not lying. What is it? It's not too late. If you are still alive, it means you can change the direction. Do I get an amen? And God says to us in verse 6 that it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God rewards the people that seek him. And you need to get that. God rewards the people that seek him. He does. He does. And God is the only person that can please you. He's the only person that can totally please you. Your spouse can, should seek to please you, of course. But it is only God that can totally, totally, totally please you. And God says, I am a rewarder. I reward those that seek me. God has not called us to serve him in vain. I know, you know, the truth is that we cannot really get the full reward of what we do until we get to heaven. That's, that's true. That's just the truth. But while we are on earth, God has not left us hopeless. That is also the truth. He says to the Jews, and by extension to us, in Isaiah 45, verse 19, Isaiah 45, 19, God is saying, I publicly proclaim bold promises. I do not whisper obscurities in 
dark, in some dark corner. God says, I'm, I'm publicly saying I will do you good. He says, I would not have told you to seek me if I could not be found. I have not told you to seek me in vain. Another translation says, I, the Lord, speak only what is true and declare only what is right. So Enoch is teaching us the step-up lesson from Enoch is that it is possible to please God. And when we delight in what is in his heart, God will not deprive us of what is in his hands. That is what Enoch is teaching us. When we delight in what is in his heart, he will not deprive us of what is in his hands. We are not all about what is in his hands. We want his heart. We want to seek him. We want to please him. But you see, the way God is wired is that he will not leave us without extending his hands to us. He says, when you come into his presence, seeking him, you will discover that in his presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hands are what? Pleasures forever. So, Abel taught us faith. Enoch taught us faith. Number three, I'm just going down from that chapter, is Noah. Noah taught us another dimension of faith. Abel taught us about the giving side of faith. Abel, Noah, Enoch taught us about working with God, that aspect of faith. Noah is teaching us another dimension of faith. In verse 7, it says it was by faith that Noah built a large boat <laughs> to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. It says, by faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and received the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah, the Bible says, God warned him about things that had never happened before. So, Noah is teaching us something crucial about faith. What is that thing that has never happened before that God was warning him? Rain. It had never rained before. Did you know at that time of Noah, it had never rained before on earth. So, God said to Noah, it's going to rain. Noah is like, Lord, what is rain? God says rain is when water falls from heaven. Noah must have said, oh, that's great. That will be refreshing. God says, no, but this time, that water will not stop until it wipes out the whole earth with a flood. And Noah says, wow, that's terrible. So, God says, build a boat. Noah says, what is a boat? Because he didn't know what a boat was. God says, okay, a boat is this. He described the boat to Noah, gave him the dimensions, told him how to build it. And Noah believed God. I mean, isn't that foolishness? How can you believe what has never happened before? God is saying, I'm going to do with you what your forefathers have never seen before. Are you going to believe it? Or are you going to maintain the status quo of that family that has a spiritual challenge? Are you going to believe that you will do what your fathers and your father's fathers and your father's 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 fathers have not done? I believe. Noah believed. 
So Noah must have gone out to preach. Oh, guys, it's going to rain. And people say, what is rain? He says, oh, God said rain is where water comes from heaven. Some must have laughed. Some must say, tell us more. Noah says, oh, then God says I should build an ark, a boat, a big boat, so that everybody can enter in. More people laughed. But some people must have believed Noah and said, okay, you know what? Let's, let's join you in this, in this um, movement that you are starting. Guess what? Noah probably had 10,000 people, maybe, that believed him. But it took 40 years before the rain started. It took 40 years before Noah finished building the ark. It was only his family member that believed. <laughs> Everybody else had come back. What was that? What's that telling you? That's telling us that sometimes you take a step of faith that you look ridiculous to all your friends. You, you move in the direction of God that, believe me, you lose people. You lose your friends. And that's okay. As long as you are following God. That's very fine. Praise the name of the Lord. The challenge with us is that we, don't, we want to be popular. You see, you cannot be popular and follow God at the same time. It does not mix. Being popular is neither here nor there. You can be popular, it doesn't change anything. But sometimes when you follow God, you lose your popularity and God says, big deal. There's a bigger, bigger purpose. Are you willing to be ridiculed by the world that you live in? Are you, are you willing you know, Noah started building, and it took 40 years. So, so for on the 39th year, the, the, the baby that was born was 39 years old, and there was no rain. How did you think it looked? That looked foolish. Must have looked foolish. But Noah demonstrated real faith. Demonstrated real faith. Faith is not believing that God can. That's not faith. God can do it. That's not faith. That's at best hope. Faith is knowing that God will because he has. That is faith. Faith is knowing that God will do it because he has. In the case of Noah, what, what does that mean? I, 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 what, can you explain it? Of course. In the case of Noah, God has spoken. I will do this. Now, guess what? As soon as God speaks, it is done. If God says something, it is done. It is done. So, faith is knowing that God will do it because he has spoken it. And once he has spoken it, it is done. That is faith. That is faith. Faith is not, oh, God can heal me. That's not faith. Faith is God will heal me because he has healed me. How do I know he has healed me? Because he said he has. And once he says he has, it is done. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. I know I will be because he is already done. That is faith. Faith. It's not, God can prosper me. That is not faith. Faith is, I know God will. 
prosper me because he already has prospered me. I am blessed. Already I'm blessed. You know, you can say, ah, but how can you say you are blessed? You are still using like this Benz. And you are saying you are blessed. You just don't sit yet. I am blessed. And you will see that I will be blessed. You see, if you maintain that position of faith, it is inevitable. You will be blessed. You are going to walk in the fullness of it. That is faith. So, the step up lesson from Noah to us is this. If you want to see what eyes have not seen, you have to be ready to do what eyes have not seen. You cannot be doing the regular and be expecting the extraordinary. If you want to follow God, you must follow God. Just follow God. No. Share the example of when I was in university and I gave my life to Jesus and my friends, they were not, you know, they were just doing what is normal, you know, to people that really don't know God. You know, they laughed me to scorn. They said, oh, Monae, we give him three months. In fact, a particular one of them says, we give him three months. He's going to come back to the boys. <laughs> this is 21 years. And instead of him going back to the boys, the boys are coming to him. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. You know, I was going to embarrass him today. I think he's not, he's not in church today. He's, he, he, he went to Ijebu to see his family. The same guy that said that has been in church for the last three Sundays. Same guy. The same guy that laughed at me. I said, this one, now he's saved. He's born again. His own family is saved. What am I saying to you? You cannot turn your back on God because of what people are saying. If you stay with God long enough, God will make you so beautiful that all these people that are ridiculing you will now want to be your friend and serve your God. And that's how it is. That's what Noah is showing us. Number four. Number one is Abel. Number two is Enoch. Number three is Noah. Number four is Mama Sarah. Mama Sarah. Sarah. In verse 11 of Hebrews 11, it says it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. It says though she was barren, you know, when the Bible says, even Sarah, you know, you know that, is, that shows you how serious the matter is. The Bible says, even Sarah, you know. <laughs> it means that's a lost case ordinarily. It says, even Sarah was able to have a child. He said, oh, God says, how much more you? It says, though she was barren and she was too old, she, she believed that God was able to keep is promise. You know why people are fretting? You know why people are afraid? They don't believe that God is able to keep his promise. The only reason why people are scared or are not sure of, of their future is simple. They don't believe that God is able to keep his promise. Do you know why I'm able to sleep at night? I don't even worry about anything. Nothing keeps me awake. Ask my wife. In fact, 
Sometimes my wife, back in the day, much earlier in our marriages, she married, she wakes me up and says, You are sleeping. I say, eh? She says, Our rent is next week. I say, eh? You don't have the money, eh? How are you able to sleep? And so, if I stay awake, call me up. <laughs> the rent will be paid. Leave me, Jare. I just turned. I changed to gear five. <laughs> Simple. Come on. <laughs> Why would I stay awake? For what? <laughs> I'm sleeping because I believe that God will keep his promise. What's his promise? I have been young and now I am old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken. No, you see it. Beg bread. It will not start with my case. You see, God is not about to begin to fail in our time. Believe me, in, even in this nation, they that know their God will be strong. Believe me, everyone that trusts in an idol that is holding on to power in this nation, they are all coming down. Believe me. Believe me. God is not about to fail in our time. No, 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 no. She believed that what? That God will keep his promise. Do you believe that God will keep his promise? And so a whole nation came forth from one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore, there is no way to count them. But you see, what boggled my mind was when, when the Bible says that she believed that God will keep his promise. You know, I kind of said, I said to myself, I know that story very well. Sarah laughed. At what point did Sarah believe? Why would the Bible tell us that Sarah believed when I could read it that she laughed? So I went back to Genesis 18 to read that story again. You know, because God is not um, a liar. So let's see. The angelic visitors came to Abraham. Abraham insisted that they eat. He offered them. He gave them an offering. He offered them. When they have eaten, they said, where is your wife? Now, there's so much in that scripture. I don't even want to get into it because it's going to take us away. They said, where is your wife? You know what? It's, Abraham actually provoked it. There are promises of God that have remained unfulfilled because it hasn't been provoked. Anyway, let's go on. Where is your wife? They said. They said, she's inside the tent. Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return about this time next year. And your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was eavesdropping. She was listening to the gist from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old. By this time, Sarah was long past age of having children. So she laughed 
silently to herself. And she said, how? How could a worn-out woman like me, everything is flat, enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Can you feel God's pain there? God's saying, is anything too difficult for the Lord? And God insisted, I will return about this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. Verse 15. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did. But according to the time of life, I will return and you will have a child. Thank God for his mercy. So, at what point did Sarah believe? When Sarah heard the word spoken to Abraham, her husband, she laughed. But you see, when God confronted Sarah and challenged her and spoke the word to her, Sarah believed. Sarah actually believed. She believed that you, you, you could see that, I mean, if you read it one way, you could still feel that, oh, she was just trying to cover her tracks. But she took back her statement. And she believed. And Hebrews tells us that because she believed, the word of God came to pass. So what does that mean to you and I? Simple. The word of God to your husband is good. Praise God. But it is the word of God to you that will change your life. It's not the word of God to your house fellowship leader that will change your life. It's not your, the word of God to your pastor that will change your life. It's the word of God to you that will change your life. It's not the word of God to your wife that will change your life. It's the word of God to you. What is God saying to you? It could be the same thing that God is saying to your pastor. Remember, it's the same thing that God is said to Abraham that God said to Sarah. It's the same word. But until Sarah owned the word until she, she took ownership of the word. It meant nothing to her. So you have to hear God yourself. And I'm not saying go and stand under the rain and let thunder strike so that, you know, you can hear God. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. What is the word of God saying to you concerning that situation? Remember I told you that story of rent being due and my wife waking me up and I said to her, why would I be awake? You know, she says, ah, are you able to sleep? I said, why, why won't I sleep? She says, but we, we, we haven't paid this thing. I says, so what? But God said. Now, listen, God did not tear heaven to tell me that. I saw it in the Bible that I have been young and now I am old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. or So I owned that scripture and I took possession of it. This scripture will come to pass in my life. That's what I mean. 
you have to get the word of God for yourself. And if you look at Sarah, we all make that same mistake. We focus too much on the process. How will God do it? How will God do it? But you see, faith is not being preoccupied with how. Faith receives the what in spite of how God does it. That is faith. Many times, we are too fixated on on how. Faith receives what and doesn't worry about how. If you read that scripture, if, if they will bring it back up, and you will see what I'm saying. Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent. Sarah laughed silently in herself and said what? Everybody, let's read that word together. She says what? She says, how? How? How could a worn-out woman like me enjoy pleasure, especially with my master, my husband, who is also old? Leave it there on the screen. What? Did God say will happen? By this time next year, you will have a, a son. What was Sarah thinking about? Come on. No, no, no. She was thinking about sex. It's in the Bible. All she was thinking about is the process. She was fantasizing. Eh? You mean he's going to do this? Eh? That, is all, that is all she was thinking about. How can I enjoy such pleasure? Did God say pleasure? How can I? So, oh, and like us, we, we are too fixated on the, on the process. We are too fixated on how. Sarah was too fixated on how. But listen to what God said. God said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me, go to the next slide, have a What was God's focus? The baby. What was Sarah's focus? Many times, because we are too engulfed with the how, we miss the what altogether. God has said to you, you will lend to nations. Well, he said to me, that will lend to nations. <laughs> you know, and I pray you receive that because the amen was not very serious. Say amen, come on. Amen. Good. But you see, many times when we think about that, you are thinking about your certificate. You are thinking about, oh, okay, I need to change this job. Let God give me a new job. God, read the Bible. God never said in scripture, I will give you a job. Never. God says that you will learn to nations. Huge difference. How he will do that, I will just be following him. One step at a time. How will he do his business? It's not my business. Even having a child. See, even today, are people not having children without sexual intercourse? True or false? 
could God not have given them children without the pleasure she's worrying about? It's God. And that's why I said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Why is Sarah talking like this? Why is she breaking my heart? Is anything too hard for the Lord? So, step up lesson from Sarah is this. Sarah taught us that nothing is beyond God. Simple. Nothing is beyond God. Number five. Step up lesson number five. Abraham. Abraham. Verse eight. It says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. I mean, sometimes, many times, God will show you the total picture. And, I, and I'm telling you, he will tell you how or where fully. Many times people have come to me and say, okay, pastor, when, when, what's going to happen at this time? I say, I don't know, but I know what's going to happen now. So let's be occupied with what God is saying now. What's going to happen tomorrow? I don't know, but I know God is there. And I'm going to follow him into tomorrow. Abraham obeyed. And the next verse says that even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. So he was like a foreigner living in tents. So did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise, who were heirs of the same promise. So what is this saying to us? He's saying that even though God had promised him the land, he got to the land, he was still living there as, um, as an alien, as a, as a refugee. He was living in tents. People were living in, in, in beautiful houses. He, the land that God has promised him, he was still living in tents. And many times we benchmark God's will always with ease. But you see, the, the key or the proof of God's will is peace and not ease. Peace and not ease is the proof of God's, God's will. Sometimes you, you are in God's will, but you are in, you're in a tent. I know that is, this is not being preached a lot. I mean, so people don't really get it. So they get confused when they're in tents. I gave the example in the second worship experience. Oh, you know, in these little years of pastoring, you know, oh, I've seen a lot, believe me, a lot. The pastoring is just an amazing calling. Amazing. 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 Before I tell you the story, but let me just tell you, today exactly is 11 years my wife and I have been pastoring. Glory be to God. Exactly 11 years. When we started, I had no clue. <laughs> we were just thinking it was Sunday after the other. Anyway, I was still for another day. So, there was this couple earlier on in our pastoral life. The man was going through a lot. He had a vision. And this lady, they were young. I mean, we were so young. I mean, marriage. We are still young. I mean, but we're younger in marriage. You know? 
And the lady said that if God has told you this, why are we still struggling? The guy had a career path that I believe God has put him. And she was like, why are we still struggling? I don't have time for all this. You know, we counseled, we begged, we cajoled. She packed her bags and she left the guy. Of course, the guy was heartbroken. He really loved, loved her. I mean, he was heartbroken. He was, you know, we had to encourage him that your life has not ended. Though. That promise, you need to hold it and follow God. She went away. Over time, you know, you know how the story, those kind of story ends. God came through. Today, this guy is not, to say that it's not poor is an understatement. It's pretty wealthy. Today, the same guy, the same guy that was intense and she disdained. And people were saying to me, Pastor, you have to stand for truth. I said, what is this? He says, he has to go back to his wife. He has to go back to, I said, hey. The guy married another girl and moved on with life. And people were putting pressure on the pastor to force him to go back to his wife. I said, I don't know. I said, pastor, tell him to go back. I said, I don't know. Say, but you're a man of God. You have to stand for truth. Tell him to go back to that. I say, I don't know. When we get to heaven, we will know. At least I don't claim to know everything. By the way, I said to the new wife, congratulations, Jerry. <laughs> you know, don't look at me like that. The reality of life. And it said, but it's not scriptural, it's not scriptural. What is not scriptural? When she left him, she went to the arms of other men. So, did she commit adultery? Don't even let it get technical. Even common sense will tell you that the guy should move on. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. God's word doesn't say it will always be easy. God's word says it will always be peaceful. Where everybody else is in pain, is in confusion, you may be intense, but you have so much peace, you don't, they don't even understand you anymore. That is God's word in action. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see that by faith, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice to God. When God was te te testing him, Abraham had received God's promise and was ready to sacrifice his only son. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Now, God has said, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. And God says, go and sacrifice him. Does that make sense? Does it? Now, people that struggle with faith people, says that faith 
does faith is uh, is unreasonable that faith doesn't make sense that it's people that are that have low mental capacity that are faith people but that's a big lie you know why because faith is reasoning on a higher level the people that have faith they know what you don't know so the fact that you are ignorant does not mean that everybody else is a fool show you in scripture. So faith is not blind. Faith sees. Faith is not dumb. Faith reasons. Faith reasons. Reasons. Verse 19 says to us, Abraham did what? <laughs> Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. Now, if you don't know God, and if you don't know that he's the God of all flesh, nothing is impossible with him. When you see Abraham going to sacrifice his son, you'll be calling him a madman. you will say faith has turned him into madness. you will say he's not reasoning. you will say he's not using his brain. But Abraham knows what you don't know. That this God is able to bring this boy back to life. So he's reasoning on a higher level. So what is Abraham teaching us? What is the step-up lesson in the life of Abraham that we see? The step-up lesson here in the life of Abraham is simple. Faith equals obedience. Shaking up. Faith is obedience. That's what Abraham is teaching us. Faith is obedience. So we have a choice now. Should we finish the remaining two? Or should we stop here? <laughs> if you say finish, shout hallelujah. If you say, let's round up, say amen. Don't be scared. Nobody's going to persecute you. I just need to know. I feel your pulse. So, so let, let me, I'll go very quickly. Number six, Moses' parents. Moses' parents. Verse 23 says, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three solid months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Faith is, is disobeying commands that are unjust from leaders. It is faith. It is faith to disobey the instructions of men when they are not in line with the word of God. It's faith. So Moses' parents taught us a huge lesson. And that lesson is this. It is wise to hide until it is time to shine. It's a big lesson. It is wise to hide until it is time to shine. Even Jesus, when he was born, and Herod wanted to, they carried him, they hid him. They hid him. His time was not yet. Many times, we don't hide the things that are too tender. 
we expose them too early. And we attract unnecessary warfare. Unnecessary battles. Moses' parents taught us it is wise to hide until it's time to shine. It's wise to keep quiet until you have enough resources to fight a battle. Believe me. My grandmother used to say, I'll interpret it. Have you heard that before? It means a son, a child, that his father died mysteriously. The child will be patient until he has a sword before he begins to question who killed his father. Because if he begins to question who killed his father before he has a sword, what will happen? Same, same. They will smoke him. And, and this is it's big. I can't even begin to unpack it. Because a lot of people are even making that mistake spiritually. Spiritually. Number seven. Finally. The Israelites. Verse 29 and 30 says, It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as you take your steps of faith forward, every Egyptian that tries to follow you will drown. In the mighty name of Jesus. All of them. You begin to do things that some people who don't want to begin to copy you, they are going to drown. Yeah. The text says, it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came down crashing. By faith. Faith doesn't make sense. Someone says, that's why it makes miracles. on the land. Faith doesn't make sense. That's why it makes miracles. Why? Because miracles don't make sense. And you are going to see miracles like never before. In the name of Jesus. Believe me. Seven times. March around the city. March around. Seven times. Keep quiet. March around. March around. They must have looked very foolish. You are going to be coming for daily vigils from tomorrow. Mini vigils. Oh, where are you going? Ah, we have vigil in church. Ah, Tuesday, we have vigil in church. Wednesday, we have vigil in church. They will begin to laugh at you. Thursday, you have vigil in church. Friday, you have vigil in church. Let them be laughing. On Sunday, Jericho is coming down. In the name of Jesus. So the step of blessing the Israelites taught us is engaging the supernatural by faith produces miracles. That's, that's what it taught us. When you engage the supernatural by faith, it produces miracles. 
when you engage the supernatural by faith, it produces miracles. Produces miracles. And you see, by faith, the word of God says, these people overthrew kingdoms by faith. By faith, you will overthrow kingdoms in the name of Jesus. They ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. You will rule with justice. You will receive all that God has promised you in the mighty name of Jesus. By faith, they shut the mouth of lions. Every lion opening his mouth at you, by faith, you will shut their mouth. They quench the flames of fire. Every flames of fire against us will be quenched in the name of Jesus. They escape death. You will escape every plan of death. Their weakness was turned to strength. Every form of weakness in your life will be turned to strength. They became strong in battle. You will become strong in battle. And they put all armies to flight. People that are mightier than you, hundred times more, will run when they see you. Do you believe that this morning? God says, I publicly proclaim these bold promises. I do not whisper them. I do not whisper them in obscurities in some dark corners. I would not have told you, God's favorite house, to seek me if I will not be found. God is saying. Do you receive them? Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Shirare logo Shirare logo Shirare logo Oluwa Shirare logo Glorify yourself yourself. Glorify yourself, Jesus. Glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. That's what our song is. I want you to pray to God wherever you are. Say, glorify yourself in my life. Glorify yourself. Let your name be glorified, Jesus. Let your name be glorified, my Father. Let your name be glorified. Say to the Lord, glorify yourself, O God of heaven. 
glorify yourself, O God of heaven. Glorify yourself, O God of heaven. While the prayers are going on, while the prayers are going on and the music is going on, you may be here and you are not born again. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. Or you used to be born again, but you're backslidden and you know that you need to come back. You're saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you this morning. You don't need to come forward wherever you are seated or standing. Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you. Put up your hands now over your head. God bless you. Over there. God bless you over there. Keep the hands up. God bless you over there. God bless you over there. That is me. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Keep the hands up. I want to pray with you. God bless you. Keep the hands up. That is me. God bless you. Keep the hands up. The structures are scrolling on the screen. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up, my brother. Keep the hands up. Once you have the card, you can put on the hand and cry to him. Lord Jesus, we pray for everyone. Everyone surrendering to you today. We ask that you make yourself real in this life. Change these lives, oh God. Manifest your goodness. Manifest yourself. And let your name be glorified. Everyone standing, everyone praying, Lord. Glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. As we set ourselves to wait upon you at these vigils, oh God. We will not seek you in vain, oh God. You have not said we should seek you in vain. You reward those that seek you, my Father. Oh, oh, the mouth of lions. By faith, we turn our weaknesses into strength. By faith, we have a good report with you. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. So clap your hands, O ye faithful. Let's clap. The King of kings and the Lord of lords.